When the art day gets rough, you just gotta keep on punching. And here's your Thunder Punch Daily with Jersey Drozd. Oh man, I'm gonna have to make some more coffee. Uh, just as uh, when I record this show, I do it all in one take, meaning I fire off the intro music, and while the intro music plays, I grab my coffee and I take a sip because I'm not gonna eat or drink in front of a microphone because that's just bad manners. Uh, but just as I finished uh, taking my sip, I saw oh, I'm at the bottom of my mug and. The pot is empty upstairs. So as soon as I'm done with this, here's the first part of my art journal for today is I got to brew up another pot of coffee. Did I drink a whole pot of coffee? No. Uh, just, uh, I shared it with my wife for crying out loud. It's just that I, I had half of it maybe. But I got to get more. Okay, art journal stuff. What did I work on today? It's Saturday. It's Saturday, November 15th, 2014. And... Uh, as, as I planned, I first thing I did this morning was worked on uh, RoboForce page 20, coloring the page. And uh, it's another long-going page. It took about four hours to color. It was flatted for me, so it didn't include flatting. That was just doing the rendering of the colors oh, and the lettering. And uh, this was a fight sequence, and uh, I had uh, carte blanche to do whatever I wanted with the sound design. So I kind of went a little nutty in the sound design. Nutty! Nutty in the sense of I spent a lot of time thinking about the sound design. And uh, there are times when I think, maybe I'm thinking too hard about this. Because um, the the final punch in there, I don't remember the exact, I could look it up, but eh, I won't. Well, wait, I got it right here on my desktop. I can pull it up and I hope it doesn't make any static in the recording. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's a really big punch. And so I was like trying to sound out like, you know, you know, like a metallic heavy punch, not like katang or kapung, uh, but like a like a f because of the the movement of the arm, and then trunk trunk with like a low crunk, and then like a on the end, so you know, wobbly line. So I I chose P H T R K H K exclamation point, and that's that was the best spelling for the sound that I could think of. Uh, but once you see it, it almost looks like I'm being silly, like I'm making a joke of dumb sound effects. So I don't know. I might have to take a second look at this after giving it a day to gestate and sit. I like all the other sound effects, though. I got a good katish and a kuff and a craf for the other sound. Uh, a lot of metallic noises, which uh, it's a fun challenge, but uh, it'd be cool to do something with a little bit more ambiance. Anyway, so yes, I... What, what else did I attempt to do with this? Uh, playing around with more lighting effects, trying to do some more stuff where the lighting of the room, even if it is subjective coloring, meaning that the background is like just a color that signifies the emotional quality of the moment, trying to let that light interact with the characters a little bit more, something I don't do a whole lot. Uh, and then the big one that I was, I took a dive on today, took a dive in sense of, I dove into it, and we'll we'll see what the writer says when he sees the page, whether or not he thinks I took a dive in the execution. Um, I try to do more painting with uh, the backgrounds. I try, I'm trying to find this balance between doing more painterly style coloring and more cell shaded style coloring. Uh, what I think Owen Jolins calls uh, grads, uh, cuts and grads, where you use the selection tool to cut out a shaded an area to be shaded, and then using a gradient. Um, 
So in the, the final panel, a robot is smashing into a wall, and for all the debris, I decided to try to paint it. And, and uh, one of the things I'm doing, what I tried doing today, and I, I have almost zero formal training in painting. I mean, I took some high school classes, for crying out loud. That's, that's the end of it. I took some art classes in college, but none of them included painting. So uh, I've been reading some tutorials and looking at some demonstrations online about, like, you know, uh, digital painting techniques. And, you know, a lot of them would go to this, this what is the, they propose is a classic method where you drop down these splotches of color and then slowly shape them out with subsequent layers of color. So I did just that. I was like, okay, big splash of, here's going to be the shadow color, here's going to be the highlight color, big splotch, splotch, and then start blending together with smaller brushes and, and you know, highlights and shadows and vari variating, or varying degrees between those two colors and trying to mix them and blend them as best I could. It's uh, it's a little bit of a steep learning curve for me because um, historically, oh, and by the way, I wish I could share like at least like a snippet of this page to go along with this Thunder Punch Daily. But I mean, this whole page is loaded with with spoilers. Um, I, I can't even chop out like I, I could chop out like Max's head because we know Max is in it. But there's characters showing up in this that are kind of like a surprise. So can't show it but what i can show is some of my older stuff because i as an example one of the things that uh, I, i've historically colored by using uh the lasso tool and then gradients uh in like cut you know filling a character cutting out the shadow area with a lasso tool and then using a gradient to create like the sense of contour and, and form and weight um and having done that for so long and in you know the old days the old days seven years ago ten years ago uh, I was really trying very hard to get to a very crisp and clean art style. And if anybody's read the front, which is at the front.me, you could see where I was trying to head with that. Um, and in trying to keep the line work so clean, I was trying to do the same thing with the coloring. And I'm not going to say my color theory was great on those pages. I was still learning. Uh, I think for the time they were good. They were. I was really happy with them. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, for what you knew at the time, those are really good uh, covers. But... Um, I was just I got so hung up on this 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 cleanliness and precision of the lasso tool that uh, this idea of diving in and just like um, selecting a whole uh, range or a whole like uh, field of debris and not like like as normally I would like use the lasso tool to um, cut out all of the various surface areas that are facing the light source and just color those then cut out. Uh, select all the areas that are facing shadow and just color those. No, this time I just selected all of the, the entire shape of the debris and just used the paintbrush to uh, work out the, the different surfaces, if that makes sense. Um, and there was, there, was, there was a moment of apprehension where I was like, boy, am I glad I've got a good flats layer because I don't know if I like what's going on here. But then after a little bit of monkeying around with it, I think I got it where I like it. So maybe I just do a, like a screen grab of just the debris for this episode. Uh, in other art, art news, um, I've, I, got, I found out I got into Tiny Expo. So the Ann Arbor District Library is hosting another art um, festival kind of deal. Uh, it's actually a craft show called Tiny Expo, tinyexpo.com happening this december in ann arbor obviously if it's at the ann arbor district library and i was kind of wondering if i'd be able to get in or not because of my involvement with them with so many other projects but apparently they worked it out and i'm gonna have a table and now i gotta make some stuff oh, i'll have to print up some more mini comics to take this thing and figure out what else i want to bring to it um I'm, I'm curious about what the crowd's gonna be like because i, I 
I have gone to art and craft fairs in the past, like the Detroit Urban Craft Fair, and it's been really interesting how what what products on my table move at these things. Um, one, you're a cartoonist in a sea of other crafters, so you kind of stand out. Not that many cartoonists there. It's mostly, you know, we're, we're, I don't even want to say it's mostly anything. It's, it's a whole bunch of different stuff. You know, it's like people who do uh, crocheting, people who turn found objects into, you know, uh, sculptural statues of robots, uh, people who turn uh, record album covers into notebooks and binders. It's like a whole bunch of that, like that DIY make magazine crafters movement. So, uh, two things. One, I stand out because I've got a unique thing there because comics is unique in that environment. And two is that the people who come to such a thing are looking to discover neat things. They're they're looking specifically for discovery. They're not coming there to go, hey, where's the Aquaman comics? Where's the Batman comics? They're there just to say, what do you guys got? What's interesting? So I usually sell really good at these things. And But what's really interesting is my um, goofy sketches sell really well. So like I'll put up a little sign that says, you know, unironic 80s cartoon sketches. Um, and those wind up doing even better than uh, my mini comics sometimes uh, at some of these shows. Like I made my table back one year just doing those sketches. Um, so that's cool. I'm looking forward to doing to doing Tiny Expo, and I'm sure I will have some reflections to bring to either Thunder Punch Daily or Lean Into Art or one of the various things that uh, places that I do audio recording. After I'm done with this microcast, I'm going to to uh, move on to editing the Saturday Supercast that Dave Roman and I recorded some weeks ago. And actually, we began recording it back in July. Oh, my gosh. We started it in July. We both got way too busy. And then we resumed uh, recording it just a few weeks ago. And now I'm going to try to put it all together. Supercast takes a long time to do. And that's why I don't update it very often because um, there, there were episodes where it seriously took like almost seven hours all told to do all the editing because it's dropping in a lot of clips uh, as, as we talk about them. And uh, if I don't keep careful notes of where we mention those different scenes, uh, I have to listen to the audio, you know, step by step, um, you know, minute by minute looking for those moments. It's not so easy to scrub through it in my audio editor. So uh, I anticipate that this is probably going to take me like four hours to put it all together to get like a solid hour and a half of audio. But, you know, it's fun to do too. I mean, I like, I love recording the Supercast. It's just that uh, maybe, maybe I need to train my production assistant to start doing audio editing and I can pay her to do my editing from now on. Um, final thing on my list that I wanted to bring to the show today is um, this show is recorded as part of the Art Sound Off Challenge. So for the month of November, my buddy Rob Stenzinger and I, Mark, Rob Stenzinger of um, interactive-storyteller.com, he and I challenged each other to, to record an audio art journal every day for the month of November 2014. And we invited the world to, to play along with us at artsoundoff.com. That's where you can see like the sort of the, the challenge and you can find the hashtag to follow along with everybody else's contributions because a lot of people are playing along. And one person in particular caught my ear this morning because I was catching up on some of the art sound offs that you guys have been uh, doing. And Eva, am I saying that right? I hope I'm saying that right, Eva, of bitsfair.com. Uh, she's been posting her art sound offs to uh, SoundCloud. And the one she recorded for November 11th, I thought was really great. Uh, she was kind of addressing this whole topic of um, talking poorly about your art. Uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's a natural thing for us when we're starting out, especially when we're starting out and it, it persists with some creators 
but to say to to when you put your work out there to lead with well this isn't very good i see all the flaws or you'll say this isn't my best stuff and and lots of different creators and professionals have said like come on don't do that uh because if you're showing it to an editor an editor is going to say well then where is your best stuff and I've, I've, I've hypothesized about like why we do this or why I've done it in the past. And I think, for, speaking only for myself, when I was a kid and I was just starting out, I wanted to sort of uh, cover my bets by saying, I think this is good. But if I pretend that there's even better stuff at home, when they're wowed by this, they're going to think I've got genius work at home, which is flawed reasoning. <laughs> but I was 19. Uh, I, 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 you know, experience, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of experience yet. Um, but then also, I mean, it's like, yeah, you, when you make the thing and you spend a lot of time up close to it, and then even after you take a couple of days away from it and look at it again, you see all of the warts and all the weirdness and all the flaws and hiccups that happen on that page. But as Ava pointed out in her uh, November 11th uh, art sound off, is that, you know, an audience seldom notices this. Somebody's going to notice, maybe. But for the most part, an audience seldom notices. But her, her observation that I thought was the most interesting was when she said that, you know, like a lot of people say, don't talk badly about your art because then people will say, well, why will I want to read it? Or don't talk badly about your comic because then people say, why, why would I want to read something that's not very good? But she made another, you know, sub-observation on this point. So if you don't, if you talk poorly about it, then you must not love it or not totally love it. And if you don't totally love your comic, there's no way you're putting your best effort into it. You're telegraphing to people that I didn't try very hard on this or uh, I'm, I'm not proud of whatever effort I put into this, right? Uh, but, and again, an audience doesn't want to hear that because it suggests a whole bevy of, of negative things. A, that you got self-esteem issues. Nobody wants to be around somebody who's always dithering and saying, oh, I'm not very good at this thing after all. Uh, also, they don't want to have their time wasted with something that's, that's you know, by, by you leading with this isn't good, you've told them not to, to try it. Uh, if, if you go to a grocery store and you're trying to look for apples, you look for the best one. You look for the shiniest apple that's going to be the most ripe and give you the most nutrition. You're not going to say like, well, I'll give this one a chance because it's rotten. You know, it was doing its best after all, you know. Um, but it, it also kind of reminds me of this this notion that uh, I sort of came across when I started doing public speaking and teaching. Um, and, I, and I think it was my teaching mentor, uh, Mary Jo, who pointed this out to me. I can't remember for sure, but I'm, I'll, I'll give her credit for it. You know, she, she pointed out that an audience wants to enjoy a performance. When you step out on a stage, nobody... There's always a heckler. There's always a heckler who, you know, starts giving the person on the stage trouble. Um, but there's a whole documentary about hecklers on Netflix if you want to check it out. Um, or you can probably find it on YouTube. Uh, where there's there's more psychology there than want, just simply wanting you to fail. But let's just say, for the most part, 99% of the people there want you to succeed because they want to be entertained. And when they, I think the same psychology is at work when you're approaching a new comic. You want it to be good because you want your time to be well spent. And if you get to the landing page and you see a blog post that says, eh, this one didn't turn out as good as I'd hoped it would, it's kind of rotten, um, you have worn them away. You know, let them decide. Let the audience decide if it's any good, you know. Um, and some of them won't like it and some of them will, you know. But that's not, I, I kind of feel like that's one of the things where it's, it, this is a really weird and, and uneven ground for, for a lot of creative types, myself included, is where does the line between who gets to decide uh, 
happen here? What, what What's the role of you as a creator? What's the role of the audience as participants? And uh, I've been talking a lot about it on the Comics Are Great show and probably will be talking about it more in years to come because it is an endlessly fascinating idea, this idea of uh, that weird gray line between who really owns the thing. But at the very least, I think the audience gets to decide if the thing is any good. Um, so you don't need to make that decision for them by leading with that. So anyway, yeah, Ava... Uh, been loving what you've been contributing to the Art Sound Off Challenge, and people can go check out uh, her audio uh, Art Sound Off audio SoundCloud recordings. Uh, it's Bits Fair on SoundCloud, and I will link to it in the show notes. So, okay, I got to get back to work. I got to brew a pot of coffee, and I got to uh, edit a Saturday Supercast together. So, who am I? Jersey Droz, cartoonist and teaching artist, comicsaregreat.com, saturdaysupercast.tumblr.com. You can watch that feed um, for a new episode to drop. And uh, if you haven't heard of it before, it's a whole series of podcasts about cartoons of the 70s and 80s. And I don't know if we've reached the 90s yet, but it's a bunch of people who love cartoons talking about different cartoon things. Uh, there's a two-parter on He-Man that I really am proud of, as well as a two-parter on Transformers the movie. Two of my favorite things in the whole world. Got to talk about it with a bunch of people that I really uh, like talking with. So uh, I hope you'll enjoy it too. Okay, the uh, voiceover for this episode was by Tara Platt of BugBotPress.com. Music was by my brother Elliot Droz of ElliotDroz.com. And the audio hosting, if you were listening to this in a podcatcher, uh, the audio is hosted by the servers at ka-blam.com. Kablam, the one-stop printing solution for the independent comics publisher. I love their service, and I appreciate them giving me uh, all the bandwidth and storage for all these audio files. So I will be back soon with another Thunder Punch Daily. And until then, remember everybody. In today's story, you saw how the widgets were fooled by Evil Lynn's disguise. They learned that bad things can be made to look good and why we should always be careful and question everything that doesn't seem right. But it works both ways, and that's why the saying you can't judge a book by its cover is so important. What it means is that appearances can be deceiving, and you shouldn't judge books or people by the way they look. It's what's inside that really counts.